Hello, I'm Pastor Keith Babb III, and I want to thank you so much for tuning into the podcast of the Way Church of Tampa Bay. Our desire is that as a result of the word, that you no longer settle with simply coming to church, but you become the church. I pray that you enjoy this broadcast and that it challenges you, that it convicts you, and that it changes you. Thank you again, and let's enter into today's message. Come on, begin to bless his name. God is worthy. Come on, keep on blessing his name. Come on. You are worthy and worthy to me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm so grateful for those of us who are in the sanctuary this morning. I know with Thanksgiving and the holidays upon us, it can make it difficult. People are visiting family. But uh, each of you thought it not robbery to be in the house of the Lord this morning. So if you could just stand to your feet, I want to go quickly into our text this morning. I want us to go to John chapter 4. John chapter 4. I'm going to be reading verses 4 through 7. I've been in this series uh, during Women's Month called Wisdom for the Whole Woman. Somebody shout Wisdom wisdom for the whole woman and I pray that our women have been receiving much wisdom during women's month I'm so grateful for my wife can we give God a hand clap of praise for her so grateful for all that God is doing in her in her life and her standing with the word on last week Um, I've heard so many testimonies about how the women were blessed by the word so I pray that I can follow behind her Uh, She set the bar kind of high. John chapter 4. We're going to be looking at verses 4 through 7. The Bible reads as thus, Now he, somebody shout Jesus, had to go through Samaria. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sakar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given his son Joseph. Verse 6 says, Jacob's well was there and Jesus tired as he was from the journey sat down by the well it was about noon and then verse number seven says when a samaritan woman came to draw water verse number six says jacob's well was there and jesus tired as he was from the journey sat down by the well it was about noon when a samaritan woman came to draw water you may be seated in the presence of the lord i want to minister from this thought the well woman somebody shout the well woman and I want to say this publicly is so um, I'll say that for later Um, much attention and advice and advocacy has been done for women's self-care I believe much attention much advice much advocacy we've been telling the women to make sure you take care of yourself and even as a recent the church has given much priority and practical wisdom to soul care somebody say my mental health But I believe as much as we've given focus on the necessity of our self-care and soul care, it has left our spiritual care neglected. Uh, Somebody may be saying, what do I mean? I think many times just because we think we seek a word that we're spiritually well. Many times we think just because we sit under a word that we're spiritually well. And even because we think that we submit to a word that we're spiritually well. But I want to tell you something and here's the sad reality. Many believers will seek a word, sit under a word and even submit to a word and still not be spiritually well. Did y'all hear what I just said? You can seek a word. You can sit under a word. You can even submit to a word and still not be doing well spiritually. Uh, So as much as we've given attention to our soul care and our self care, we've got to focus, somebody say, on our spiritual care. And and somebody may be saying, how do I know that if I seek a word, sit under a word and submit to a word that I still may not be spiritually well? Because our spiritual well-being has nothing to do with function, but it has all to do with fruit. Because many people know how to go through the routine of church and still not have a level of fruit. Uh, We've got a lot of people going through the functions and making it look like we've got it all together spiritually, but we're not producing any fruit. So that means a believer, watch this, can pray and still not prosper spiritually. 
You can seemingly worship and still not be well spiritually. And you can even quote his word and the quality of your spiritual well-being still not be in a good place. Did y'all hear what I just said? You can function but still not have fruit. Because the condition of your spiritual well-being is not revealed through function but through fruit. I've, we've got to produce some level of fruit. And this is why Galatians 22 begins with these words for the fruit of the spirit. Somebody say is, is. because fruit is always a byproduct of the condition of our spiritual well-being. If I want to know how well I'm doing spiritually, it's not how many times you've been to church on um, throughout the month. It's not how many um, what what I've given for the total totality of the year. But somebody say it's my fruit. It's my fruit. So if I want to be checking the condition of my spiritual well-being, I've got to produce some level of fruit because fruit is always a byproduct of it. And this is why even Jesus himself declared this in Matthew 7, 17 through 18. Notice what the Bible says. Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit and a good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Therefore, as women and as believers together we never want to find ourselves going through the routine of church and never really truly reflecting one who is spiritually well we know how to do church but many of us don't know how to reflect fruit somebody say i gotta reflect fruit and watch this this is why it's significant because notice what jesus says in verse 19 of matthew 7 every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. That means routine will cause the Lord to reject us. And here's a sad reality. We have believers going through the routine of, of all these checklist things unknowingly being rejected by God. Did y'all hear what I just said? I don't want to ever find myself going through the routine. I'm waking up reading my word because that's what my pastor said I should do. I'm trying to go to church because some folk told me that's what I should do. But I'm really going through routine and unknowingly the Lord has rejected me. I don't want to find the Lord rejecting me. Oh, we can't afford to be rejected by the Lord. And that's a sad tragedy unknowingly. And so women who prosper in their spiritual well-being, we've, we've got to pursue that. And here's some critical questions we got to ask ourselves. How do we ensure our spiritual well-being? How do we move from routine to reflection? Those are critical questions we got to ask ourselves. And I believe we find the answers to these questions in our foundational text as we examine this encounter between Jesus and a Samaritan woman. But I think it's critical to point this out. That your past and your position will not dictate if you prosper spiritually. Amen. I need y'all to catch that and catch that good or this is not going to make any sense. Your past, neither does your position dictate if you prosper spiritually. Because I need you to understand something about this woman in this text. Somebody say she had a past. She, she had a past and we're going to talk about it. She had many men and neither one of them were her husband. She had a past. And watch this. She also had this position that put her at odds with God. How do I know? Because she was a Samaritan and anybody who knows anything about Samaritans, they were considered mixed breeds. And the Jews and the Samaritans always had this contentious relationship with one another. So God says despite her past and despite her position, she can still prosper spiritually. And many of us think because of our past, I've done too much wrong. I've, I've neglected my walk with God for too long. I'm not in position. I'm not a minister. I'm not cool with the pastor. I don't have the pastor's number. But here's the good news. Your past, neither does your position dictate if you can prosper spiritually. Oh, that's good news to me, y'all, that I don't have to have a title, that I don't have to worry about where I've been at. I don't even have to worry about my prior sins. But God says I can prosper spiritually oh that's good news so if she could be a well woman then so can these women here today and, and I, I've said this before even as I said during men's month I believe we can all glean something from our texts and from our sermons throughout this series so men don't 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 get quiet on me amen 
So here's what I want to do. I want to walk the text so that we can glean some wisdom as we pursue to be well women. And I want to say this. Miss Betty, it's so good to see you back in the sanctuary. We're praying for you. We love you dearly. Verse 6 says this. Jacob's well was there. And Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. And it was about noon when a Samaritan woman came to draw water. And I want y'all to know we're going to be looking at this text in totality. I need us to see the story. The wellness of our spirit begins with what well we draw our water from. The, the, the very beginning assessment of how well we do spiritually is by where we draw our water from. Somebody say the well I draw my water from. And somebody may be saying, what do I mean? As I stated earlier, it matters the word you seek. It matters the word you sit under and it matters the word you submit to. Because here's the sad reality. Many believers are sick spiritually because of the source of the water that they drink. Somebody say the well. The, the well that I draw the source of my refreshing from will determine if I'm spiritually sick. And we got folks sitting in, in churches that are still yet spiritually sick. And just as you can't eat from everybody's table in the natural, so it is in the spirit. I don't eat from everybody's table because I know everybody, watch this, is not clean. And many of us will sit because the building looks good on the outside, because their marketing is all together. I'll sit under a word that was never designed for my life. And we wonder why I can't prosper spiritually. It could be the well that you're drinking from. Uh, so we ought to stop eating and drinking from everybody's table. Uh, that, that ain't being mean, y'all, because if you really care, and watch this, if you're not careful about where you eat and drink from in the natural, watch this, you could die. And many of us don't take um, the severity of our spiritual life in the same manner. So we sit under words and we sit in places where we're spiritually dying. And we keep saying, well, maybe it's me. Maybe I'm the one that's messing up. Maybe it's my thought process because everybody else seems to be growing. But is that the word somebody say for me? Because everybody diet different. Somebody say everybody diet different. So watch this. Many of us, we have believers seeking words about money more than their meekness. Somebody say humility. Sitting under words about prosperity more than their patience. And we've got many believers sitting, submitting to words more about their destiny rather than their discipleship. And we wonder why we're spiritually sick. And here's what I'm trying to say. I'm not saying that a believer receiving a word about money, prosperity, or destiny is bad. I'm just saying that the well you drink from should be balanced. Did y'all catch what I just said? I want to make sure that somebody say, I have a balanced diet. So if I'm going to a church, if I'm seeking a word, if I'm submitting under a word, it doesn't matter because this pastor may talk about money one day. This pastor may talk about your prosperity one day. This pastor may talk about your destiny one day. But I should, your, what the words that you receive from me also should be balanced. So if I don't ever talk about your sin, somebody say that's a problem. If I don't never talk about how you should exhibit this fruit of the spirit, somebody say that's a problem. And just watch this as it's not good to consume too much of the same thing in the natural. So it is in the spirit. The reason your spirit might be grieved may be because what you're eating and drinking in the spirit ain't good. And we don't like to say that. We got some friends that we're connected to that are going to places where they don't have a balanced diet in the spirit. So I've got to be so conscious if I want to be in this. This is not just the word that I receive on Sunday and during midweek service. You've got to ask yourself, what are you studying? What words are you gleaning for your life? If all you worry about 24 seven for the whole year is words on how to get a man. Somebody say that's a problem. At some point, you need to be working on what you do. You reflect. God's spirit in my life. And then maybe if you reflect his spirit, the man would come. See, y'all don't like that. It needs to be balanced. In other words, we need the whole counsel of God. That's the, that's the um, doctrinal term. Somebody say the whole counsel of God. And this is why Paul even declared to believers in Acts chapter 20, verse 27. Notice what Paul says. For I have not shunned 
to declare you the whole counsel of God. Paul said that, that I love you so much that I need you to do so well when I leave you that I did not neglect to give you the whole counsel of God. So here's a good litmus test. If you have a pastor that says they love you and they don't give you the whole counsel of God, you may want to check their love for you. Did y'all hear what I just said? Somebody who loves me will give me the whole counsel of God. And watch this. So if you go to a church or listen to a pastor that does not teach the whole counsel of God, then your spirit never will be well. I got to sit in a place and I got to posture myself to receive the whole counsel of God. And watch this. I'll say this to say this, that, that, that yes, your pastor should be given balanced words throughout the year. But here's the other thing, that your pastor is not God. Did y'all hear what I just said? And somebody say, my pursuit is personal. So I've got to know if there's some areas in my life that the pastor has not checked, I've got to check it myself so that I could be doing spiritually well and my diet could be, somebody say, balanced. Ah, we've got to make sure that we're balanced in the spirit. So hear this, because the condition of your spirit is determined by your access to the whole counsel of God. I need us to consider the beginning portion of our foundational text. Notice what the Bible says. The Bible says Jacob's well was there and Jesus. Somebody say and Jesus. And this is where we find this Samaritan woman coming to draw water from. Because watch this. It matters the condition of the water that I drink. And it also matters who's carrying it. Because she could have been at the well, but if it was not Jesus carrying the water, somebody say, I still got a problem. Because hear this, although God's word might be clean, the people who prepare it are not. Did y'all catch what I just said? And this is why I, I challenge us Sunday after Sunday to let y'all know that y'all have a pastor who's flawed. You have a pastor who's just a man. You have a pastor that's still wrapped in flesh. Because hear this, we should always be discerning. Somebody say be discerning. Because I don't want to sit under a word that is um, 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 clean, foundationally clean, but the person who's delivering it is not. Because how many times have we seen people take the word and manipulate it? And then because we think the word is good, that just because the person's delivering it is good as well, we find ourselves, watch this spiritually sick. Oh, I see y'all ain't feeling me on that. I've seen people give up their whole paycheck. The word was good, but the one delivering it was not. I've seen folk marry and stay in bad relationships because the word was good, but the one delivering it was not. So I've got to know that although God's word may be clean, I need to know to some degree that the person delivering it has a level of fruit in their life. Somebody say they got to be clean too. They got to be clean too. So here's some critical questions we got to ask ourselves. What is the condition of the water or the word I am drinking? Is this, watch this, the doctrine of God or the doctrine of men? Because many times people will take a text and then they'll start giving all of their opinions. You need to make sure that they're going back and referencing the word if I'm going to receive it. In other words, it's a doctrine of men or devils. Is the one carrying the word, watch this, qualified to do so. I know we don't like this because a lot of folk like to say, ooh, the spirit qualified me. No, I want you to understand that Paul was a learned man. He sat under the Jewish teachers. We've got to be somebody say qualified. That's why I don't let our ministers just stay in any kind of way. They've been qualified. Are they prepared to teach and are they pure as they teach? I know that's a lot, but watch this. My spiritual well-being is on the line. And many of us don't do that. So we openly receive words from people just because my girl told me, just because somebody else told me, just because I saw a little commercial on TV. But if I never make this assessment, I could be finding myself in a place and watch this receiving uh, the source of a word that is making me sick. Tell your neighbor, don't get sick. Don't get sick. Because this is why throughout the Gospels, watch this. We finding Jesus admonishing disciples to beware of false teachers. We see this in Matthew 7, 15, Matthew 24, 11, and Matthew 13, 22. And I want you to know this, despite your favorite preacher, your favorite teacher, your favorite pastor, they still could be false. 
we've got folk watching people on YouTube and they're your favorite and they're really false because we're not making this assessment that God says, I need you to assess the well that you're drinking from. So be careful about those you seek a word from. Watch this, because the well you drink from ain't always a preacher. Many times it's people. So what do I mean? It could be your homegirl. It could be your homeboy. It could be your mama. Somebody say it could be my mama. So you've got you've to be careful of the people that you seek a word from because it matters what they're carrying and who's carrying it. And here's a sad reality. We've got many women sick spiritually because they are listening to and receiving someone's word rather than God's word. Y'all finna go eat turkey and all kind of stuff and ham and glazed ham with folk that's going to have their own traditions and it's not the traditions of God. They, we've, we've been raised, watch this, in dysfunction, and because it's my great-grandma, I don't say nothing. Listen, I may not say nothing, but I'm not going to receive that if it's not God's word. Somebody say, it got to be God's word. I'm going to let grandma talk now. I'm going to respect grandma, but grandma, you off in the spirit. Y'all, y'all better receive that, because this y'all eat that, eat that ham and that mac and cheese, but don't receive her word. All right, this is why Paul warns us with these words in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 4. Notice what the Bible says. For if anyone who comes preaches another Jesus, whom we have not preached, or if you receive a different spirit. Some of y'all aunties and uncles got different spirits, which you have not received, or a different gospel, which you have not accepted it, you may well put up with it. And many of us are putting up with stuff that God never designed for our lives. I don't care if it's my mama. Mama, you off. I love you, but you off, mama. I may not tell her like that, but I know in my spirit she off. That means every word ain't God's word. And the sad tragedy is we live in a season where everybody got a word. Everybody got a word. So we've got to test that word before that word traps our spirit. Could it be, watch this, that those of us who find ourselves in spiritual deserts, that it was self-inflicted because of the well we drunk from. We, we, we're trying to figure out why we're in spiritual deserts, why we don't feel well spiritually. Maybe the source of it is the well that we drank from. So here's the first thing I needed us to know. We've got to assess what well I'm drinking from? Where do I receive my word? How do I attempt to revive and refresh my spirit? It could be your well. Because your spiritual wellness is determined by the well you drink from. And now, now I want to look at verse number 15. I told you I, we were going to look at this story in totality. Notice what the Bible says. The woman said to him, sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. I need us to understand that there's a difference between um, wisdom that is heard and wisdom that is heeded. Somebody say there's a difference. I can sit under somebody who got great wisdom and hear it and still not heed it. And I bet many of us have been in positions that I wish I would have just listened to such and such. I know I dated that fool, but if I would have just listened to such and such. So we sat under wisdom and heard it, but we never heeded it. Somebody say there's a difference. So, so in other words, the sad reality is that many of us have access to wisdom, but many of us never accept wisdom. I believe, I believe the Bible makes this clear. Notice what the New Living Translation of Proverbs 120 says. Notice what the Bible says. Wisdom shouts in the street and she cries out in the public square. If you want to find wisdom, if you want to get wisdom, somebody say you can find it. Uh, that, that, that's why we got Google. I ain't saying everything on Google is right. But if you want wisdom, you can find it. You've just got to put in a little work. And this is why if we desire to be spiritually well, it's dependent upon the wisdom that we readily receive. I've got to be in a posture. Some of us are so hard-headed. Some of us are so stubborn. Some of us are so full of tradition that we can't receive wisdom when it comes against what we've always done. And we believe that just because we've made it this far by our own intellect, by our own wisdom, that we can't receive another level of wisdom from somebody else. And watch this. Maybe the reason you haven't taken that next step and where you need to go in God is because you're not open, somebody say, to wisdom. 
open to wisdom. I don't care how well that I may do in life. I'm always pursuing another level of wisdom. Because somebody say, I ain't got it all. So notice this. Consider the response of the Samaritan woman in our foundational text. She says, sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. In other words, when she found out that a word could revive and fresh her, she postured herself to readily receive. Because wisdom, watch this, will only help us to the degree that we're willing. Wisdom will only help us to the degree that we're willing. Here, I'm going to say this, and I'm going to say this real good. This is for some of us who have wisdom. Stop wasting your wisdom on people who are not willing. I don't see... I've learned not to have counseling sessions with everybody because if you're not willing to receive wisdom, somebody say I'm wasting my time. And anybody that knows anything about wisdom, I've worked too hard to receive this wisdom to waste it. I didn't go to school and get in no debt and get them student loans to try to try to waste my time pouring in, in wisdom to somebody who is unwilling. And watch this. And many of us, it's not even school that we got this wisdom. Somebody say, it's the hard knocks of life. So when I realized that I messed up in some relationships and it took my heart being broken to receive this wisdom and I set aside time to give this same wisdom that I received from my brokenness to somebody who is not willing, somebody say, stop wasting your time. I don't care if you're in a, in a rut. If you ain't willing, I ain't wasting my time. Oh, stop wasting your time. Many of us have worked too hard to waste our wisdom on people who are not willing. So here's the critical questions we got to ask ourselves. Do we have access to wise counsel? I don't care how smart you are. I don't care how many degrees you are. You have. You've always got to be in a position to have access to wise counsel. And this is why I say this across the pulpit many times. This pastor needs a pastor. And watch this. Somebody say this pastor has a pastor. I, every Friday, I sit under the wise counsel of Dr. Hart Ramsey, somebody that's been where I'm trying to go. All right? You've got to ask yourself, do I have access to it? And not only do you have access to it, when they take their time to give you counsel, do you receive it? Someone say, I've got to accept it. And watch this. Do we continually attempt to abide with wise counsel? Not that I just got it for a moment, but do I always, am I always on pursuit of more wisdom? Many of us stop because I got the house and I got some level of wisdom. I don't need nobody else no more. So you don't even know what an escrow account is. So when you're behind, have to pay taxes at the end of the year. Who, what, what, what is this? Because you stop receiving wisdom. So I've always got to continually attempt to abide with wise counsel. Somebody say there's safety there. There's safety there. Uh, a lot of people. And watch this. Um, this is why Proverbs 11:14 says, where there is no counsel, the people fall. And but in the multitude of counselors, there is safety because the counsel keeps our spirit safe. And it also keeps our spirit from being sick. Oh, y'all got to hear this. And I've, I say this so many times, but I, I, I have island roots. Somebody say island roots. So there's, there's this fruit in Jamaica called the Aki. And if you try to eat it before it's ripe, it will make you sick. And matter of fact, it's poisonous. So here's why wisdom is so critical. You don't even have to get sick if you receive wisdom. Because they'll tell you, don't go down that route. Don't, don't, don't eat that. You don't want to make that decision. And many of us could avoid a level of sickness in our spirits if we would have just had access. Somebody say access. If we would have just accepted. Somebody say accept. And if I would have just abided in wisdom, we could have avoided so much spiritual sickness. Oh, what a, what a sad tragedy. People not sitting around wise counsel. So here's a word of wisdom. Wisdom is only offered to those who are open. Did y'all hear what I just said? Wisdom is only offered to those that are open. What do I mean? The reason wisdom isn't poured into many of us is because too many believers are private. Did y'all hear what I just said? We, we say we want wisdom, but we're private. 
And, and, and in other words, believers unwilling to share their struggles in the spirit. Believers that are unwilling to tell their trials in the spirit. And believers unwilling to be open about their obstacles in the spirit. And this is, and I need us to understand, I know I'm talking about spiritual well-being, but many of us can't receive wisdom in our careers because we're, we're unwilling to ask for it. Many of us are un, um, unable to receive wisdom for what educational route that I need to take because we're unwilling to ask for it. You know your behind ain't got no masters and Pastor Keith got two masters, but you're unwilling to open up your mouth. And the reason why I can't pour wisdom in you to that degree is somebody say they're private. If you don't open up your mouth, nobody, and, and really what it is, somebody say full of pride. See, y'all don't like that part. It's really, it's really pride. Because watch this. Notice what Proverbs 11 and 2 declares. I believe I have it on our screen. When pride comes, then comes shame. But with the humble, there is wisdom. In other words, watch this. When the response of those who are spiritually sick many times is shame rather than sharing. Y'all know that? We don't want to tell folk that we're struggling spiritually. And really what that is, somebody say, the Bible say that's pride. Shame will always um, try to mask itself as, yeah, no, they're going to talk about me. They're going to do this about me. I, I'm And shame, I, I believe my wife put it in her book, that shame cloaks itself as protection. I think I'm really protecting myself, but really what it is, it's pride. And God is trying to set up a conduit to pour wisdom in me. But the reason why God can't get wisdom to me is because of pride. Oh, tell your neighbor, stop being so prideful. And if the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, we've got to know if he's orchestrated some people in my life that he's set me up not to be trying to protect myself with shame. But he wants me to remove pride and not be so private. Y'all hear what I'm saying? Oh, I hope we catching this. There's somebody in my life assigned to give me wisdom. The reality is, watch this. Here's the reality. We all struggle in our spirit at some point. I need us to understand this pastor struggles. The first lady struggles. The assistant pastor struggles. Nobody's exempt from struggling in their spirit at some point. And watch this. We're, because we're wrapped in flesh, we're all subject to get spiritually sick. Somebody say, at some point. At some point. I, there was a time in my journey where I felt spiritually sick, like I was dying. Like I was searching for a word and I could not find it. But you know what? Somebody say, Pastor Keith was not sharing that. There could have been somebody who could give me wisdom in that situation. But I was not sharing that. And notice what the Apostle Peter admonishes us with these words in the latter portion of 1 Peter 5.9. Notice what the Bible says. Knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. You trying to protect yourself, and it's somebody that already went through it. Somebody say, already. already. They already went through it, and God orchestrated you to be in that, them to be in your life, but you did not open up your mouth so they could not pour wisdom. You around here being shamed by stuff that folk done already went through. Somebody say, open up your mouth. Open up your mouth. In other words, we're all going through something. Therefore, we all need to receive wisdom for what we're going through. And watch this. This text also reveals that there's somebody that has wisdom for what you're going through. Now, that's good news to me. The Bible says that knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brother, that means there's somebody with the wisdom I need. Yeah. Yeah. And the only way that I can get out of this spiritual desert, I can avoid this spiritual sickness if I can posture myself, somebody say, to receive wisdom. So we've got to, if we want to be well women, if we want to be well men, we've got to make sure we understand the well that we drink from. And not only that, we've got to readily receive uh, wisdom. We should always have access to wise counsel. We should always accept wise counsel. And watch this, we should always be trying to abide with wise counsel. My pursuit of wisdom should not stop. So notice this, and here's my, the last portion of the text, and I'm going to be done, y'all. Let's look at verse 16 
through 19. The Bible says he told her, go and call your husband and come back. Notice what she says. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, you are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is you have five, you have had five husbands and the man you now have is not your husband. That's how Jesus said it. What you have just said is quite true. And notice how this woman replies. This is what I love about her. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Here's what I need us to know. The reality is that many believers and many women are spiritually sick because of sin. I can't make that more, no more plain. Somebody say, it's sin. it's sin. Many of us are spiritually sick and we wonder why we can't get no level of breakthrough. We wonder why we feel this um, um, distance from God. We wonder why God ain't answering our prayers. We wonder why we ain't going to the next level in God. Somebody say, it might be sin. So, so it might be sin. So notice this. Uh, the original sin is what caused all men to be spiritually sick. The original sin, the one in the garden, caused us all to be spiritually sick. And watch this. Ongoing sin is what causes us to be sick. Somebody say right now. So as long as I continue in sin, you will always continue to be sick in your spirit. I need y'all to catch what I'm saying. And watch this. The reason why many are not spiritually well is because they walk in and they walk with sin. And watch this. This is why the condition of your spirit is dependent upon the wickedness that you confront. I'm not saying that none of us are exempt from sin. This pastor is not exempt from sin. These ministers are not exempt from sin. But the difference between me and a lot of other believers is that I'm willing to confront my sin. Somebody say confront your sin. sin. We've got to confront our sin. Notice this. When Jesus confronted her sin in our foundational text, she responded with these words in verse 19. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you're a prophet. In other words, she did not conceal her sin, nor did she get complacent in her sin. She allowed her sin to be confronted. And here's the problem. When sin is evident in our lives, Many of us attempt to conceal our sin. We don't want nobody to know. We ain't, gonna, we ain't getting on the altar for that. I know the word was right about my sin, but I don't need nobody to know. So I'm not going to tell the minister. I'm not going to tell the pastor and counsel. Somebody say, I'll try to conceal it. And if you don't try to conceal it, you know what you do? Somebody say, I get complacent in it. In other words, I justify my sin. I know I'm sinning. But that, 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 that one right there, I'm not going to stop going to her house because it feel good. Somebody say complacent. I know that I shouldn't be drinking before I come up here and minister, but somebody say it feels good. So many of us, if we don't conceal it, somebody say we get complacent. Don't let nobody tell me about my sin because watch this, this is what we love to say. Somebody say only God can judge me. That's what y'all like to say when you want to get complacent in your sin. And what a sad tragedy. But here is the the reality. Sin that you are unwilling to deal with will always produce death in your sphere. Did y'all hear what I just said? The sin that you're unwilling to deal with will always produce death in your spirit. And the reason why some of these folk are dead, going to dead churches, with dead pastors, with dead worship teams, with dead musicians, with dead parishioners, because you got folk in there that are not dealing with their sin. This is why I never want to be in a church that does not talk about sin. Because I will walk in dead and walk out dead. Somebody say, what a sad tragedy. See, I'm trying to give y'all, when when Pastor Keith talk about um, sin, somebody say, he's trying to give me life. Notice what James 1.15 declares, because y'all don't believe me. The Bible says, and when desire is conceived, this is what y'all want to do, y'all lust, y'all flesh, it gives birth, and sin, when it is full grown, brings forth, somebody shout, death. 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 We're spiritually dead because we're unwilling to deal with our sin. And this means your spirit will never prosper. Watch this, when sin is peacefully present. I need y'all to catch what I just said. When sin can hang out in your house, when sin can sit next to you and don't feel bothered, when no spirits leave your presence, that means they're peacefully present. In other words, when sin is unconfronted, you'll never prosper in your spirit. And many of of us, watch this, 
We're comfortable. We're complacent. And somebody say, we chill with sin. Many of us chill with sin and you're wondering why you're not doing well spiritually. And this is why Paul admonishes believers in 1 Corinthians 11, 28. Watch what the Bible says. Let every man examine himself. Somebody say, that's me. Because watch this. I'm not God. So I don't see all things. I'm not all knowing and all seeing. So I don't see the sin in my wife's life. I don't see all of it. Somebody say, I live with her. I live with her and I somebody say I sleep in the bed with her and I don't know watch this all the sin in our life so Paul says I need every man watch this to examine yourself I'm not gonna I know I'm your pastor but I don't know all your your business Charlotte I could have a prophetic gift and I still don't know all of minister Ron's business so God says, if you don't want to be spiritually dead, because we worship with folk that are spiritually dead. Because every man is not examining, somebody say himself. We've got to examine ourselves. I've got to be examining my life to find out where is there sin. Do I continually, watch this, confront sin. When sin is in my life, do I continually confront it? And here's what I do. I know this may seem lame to y'all, but I'm, I'm, I don't want to be spiritually dead. As soon as I sin, I ask for forgiveness. I don't play with that thing. I don't, I don't just, I don't wait to find a good place to repent. I don't wait till I get to the church on Sunday. God, I repent and I repent now. So do you continually confront the sin in your life? Uh, here's the other thing you got to ask yourself. Do you continue, watch this, cease from sin. I'm not saying, so once you confront it, do you cease from it? And here's the other thing. Do you cleanse yourself from it? Somebody say, I, I need to repent. When sin is prevalent or even present in our life, we got to confront it. we got to cease from it. we got to cleanse ourselves of it. Therefore, if we desire to pursue the fruit of a believer that is spiritually well, we've got to ask ourselves these questions. And I'll put it up there. How often do I confront my sin? I know it's sin, but am I going to... Am I going to check it? Am I going to find a word for it? Am I going to do all of that? Or is it a waste of my time? Do I readily cease from the, from the sin that I'm confronted of? As soon as I recognize it in my life. And watch this. The Bible says when sin is full blown. If I can cease from sin at the beginning, it won't be. Somebody say full blown. And then do I cleanse myself from sin? I'm, I'm telling y'all, y'all better get in the habit of this because the Bible says no man knows the day nor the hour. So as soon as I sin, Lord, I repent. I know it felt good in the moment, but God, I repent. Somebody say you better repent. And notice this, because the sin you do not cleanse yourself of will dictate the condition of your spirit. Watch what Paul says in 2 Corinthians 7, 1. Beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and the spirit. I, I, I need to drop something off because we ain't going to like this. There are times that God assigns people to confront our sins. Because you won't confront it. God got to assign somebody to confront it. Here's how I know. Nathan was assigned to confront David's sin. Jeremiah was assigned to confront the children of Israel's sin. And Jesus was assigned to confront this Samaritan woman's sin. And the problem with many believers, watch this, is we like, like to attack those that have been assigned to confront our sins. Y'all know that? Because who, who told you I was sleeping with such and such? Maybe God assigned me to confront your sin. Who told you that I was out there buying a little some of this and a little some of that? Maybe God assigned me to confront your sin. Because watch this. Whenever you don't confront your own sins, whenever you don't allow the spirit to convict you of your own sins, God loves you so much that he assigned somebody. Somebody say he loves me that much. If God did not love you, he would not assign somebody to confront your sins. Thank God that there was a time in my marriage that I thought I was getting away with a little something and God had assigned my wife to confront my sin. To love me in such a way. And watch this. She did it with such care. This is how you know people are assigned to confront your sin. How do they confront them? Do they confront you with the hope of, of restoration, of peace, and of your love and relationship with God? If they don't confront your sins like that, somebody say they're not assigned. 
those who are assigned to confront my sins going to do it with love. Somebody say with love. So although I was a little bit ashamed, my wife confronted me with love. Because when you are unwilling to be convicted by your sin, there are times, watch this, that you need to be confronted of your sin. And there are times, watch this, that God puts people on assignment to confront our sins. And that's good news to me, y'all. Because the Bible says in Hebrews 12 and 6 that he, those he loves, he chastises. So if God is going to send somebody to say, Pastor Keith, you out of order. I got to remind myself that he loves me. When somebody comes to you, don't try to attack them. Ask God, have they been assigned? Somebody say, have they been assigned? And, and because of us, we grew up in the world. We don't like nobody in our business. We typically respond with our flesh rather than asking, have they been assigned? I'm, I'm talking about folk in this church. We done confronted some folk about some stuff, and they done got mad and tried to attack us. But listen, maybe I was assigned. And here's a good litmus test again. Do they confront my sin? Somebody say, with love. With love. If they confront it with love, then that, that means God loves me. They've been assigned. And hear this, I'm done, and I'm out y'all way. As women and as believers, we, not, we can't put so much emphasis on our self-care and our soul care that we neglect our spiritual care. Well, that, that's critical, y'all. You got churches talking about mental health. You got churches telling the women to go take a spa day, you know, a, a woman day, a mommy, uh, what they call a mom K. I, I'm okay with the, the mom cation. Go ahead and take your little mom cation, but do not neglect your spiritual care. We don't want to watch this, find ourselves functioning in the things that make us look spiritually well, but not producing fruit. The Lord wants us to be whole, and that includes our spirit. And this is why we must be careful to consider. I've got to be careful. I learned this in my short years of life that I've got to be careful about the well that I drink from. I know some preachers sound good. I know some preachers got it all together. They got all the lights, but I need to know the well that I'm drinking from. And watch this, not only do I need to know the well that I'm drinking from, but am I, do I readily receive wisdom? We can keep ourselves out of a lot of trouble if we would just, somebody say, receive wisdom. So I got to posture myself with folk that know stuff that I don't know. It's a whole bunch of stuff that Rashada know in the financial realm that I don't know. So I've got to attach myself to her. It's a whole bunch of stuff that Charlotte know in the medical realm that I do not know. So I've got to posture myself towards her. There was sometimes, y'all, my baby was sick. My wife would call Charlotte, who's a pediatric nurse, and watch this. She gave us a level of wisdom. Watch this, that curbed the sickness. Oh, that's good news to me. So I've got to be asking myself, do I accept wisdom? Do I have access to wisdom? Do I abide in wisdom? And not only that, I got to ask myself, do I readily or continually confront my wickedness? And I want you to understand this. As long as you're wrapped in flesh, there will be wickedness that you need to confront. I don't care who you are. This pastor is going to have to confront some wickedness. I don't care how long I stay on this altar. I don't care how well, how much I speak in tongues. I don't care how well I can quote the Bible from front to back. There will still be on this journey some sin that I need to confront. And if you don't confront your sin, you don't confront your wickedness, you'll never be spiritually well. But I needed to notice something in the text because I kept talking about this fruit. I said there's fruit that we should produce. Not, none of that is necessarily fruit, but those are things that we can do. So what is this fruit that we should produce when we're spiritually well? I want us to look at verses 28 through 29 of our foundational text. The Bible says, then her, this is the Samaritan woman, um, leaving her water jar, the woman, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, come see a man. Who told me everything I did? Could this be the Messiah? In other words, how well we do in our spirit is revealed by how well we fulfill his will. How well do you fulfill his will? I ain't talking about how well you can give your tithe. I'm not talking about how well you can come to church every Sunday. But how well do you fulfill his will? Those things that seem hard to do in the Bible. Do I, do I walk those things out um, with all desire of my heart? God is going, that's the way that I assess how spiritually well I am. How well do I treat and love my wife as Christ loved the church? Somebody say, how well? 
how well can I turn the other cheek at the one who slapped me? Somebody say, how well? God is going to say, the, re- the way that I checked the condition of my spirit, I said this, and I'm going to be done, y'all, that there was somebody that was speeding around the parking lot, and I got so mad because I had my kids with me. And then he got out of the car, and I said something to him. I said, hey, man, you got to slow down. We got little kids here. And he kind of dismissed me. In another realm, in another lifetime, in another, a, a few years ago, this Keith would have probably cussed him out and wanted to fight him. But I knew that I was becoming spiritually well when I could turn the other cheek. Somebody say fulfill his will. The more we can fulfill his will is the more we can become well women. Let us stand to our feet. Father, we thank you, God, for these that are here. Thank you, God, for the remnant, God, that you brought this way. I pray, God, for even those, God, that have been watching. God, we don't want to go through the routine of church and not reflect your spirit. God, we need to be spiritually well. God, there is so much that can take place when we're not well in the natural. And so it is in the spirit. So God, let us not be so focused on our self-care. We, we done got all that together. We done did our health. We done did our nails. But spiritually, we're dead. God, let us not be so focused on our soul care. We done got our mental health together. But spiritually, God, we're dead. Help these women and help these men be spiritually well. God, we thank you, God, for we know, God, what we can do to walk out this wellness that you desire for our lives. So God, we pray, God, that we always examine the well we drink from. Let us not just sit under any word, but God, let us know the condition of that word and let us know who's carrying it because both matter. And God, let us know, God, that our pastor is not the be-all, end-all to our spiritual well-being, but God, the pursuit is personal. So God calls us to pursue the whole counsel of God so that we may be spiritually well. And God, I pray, God, that you, these people, God, your word declares, God, that, that, um, that the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. That means, God, there's some people in our lives that you've already attached us to that have the wisdom that we need for this journey. Help us to have access to wisdom. Help us, God, to accept wisdom. And help us, God, to abide in wisdom. God, I pray, God, that we can confront wickedness. That none of us, that all of us know, God, that we are not exempt. That as long as we're wrapped in flesh, that there'll be wickedness that we need to confront. Let us deal with sin, God, so that we won't find ourselves dead in the spirit. We love you. We adore you. And every believer that wants to fulfill the will of God in their lives and be spiritually well, say thank God and amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I'm going to ask my wife um, to come and take us further in the service if she doesn't mind. I'm confident that you didn't stumble upon this podcast by accident because God is sovereign. And whenever our sovereign God sends us a message for a reason, he wants us to respond. My prayer is that you respond by allowing the word to be planted in you so that it produces God's will for your life. Until next time, strive to not simply come to church, but to become the church.